the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5. K298CO Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. Two mass shootings at crowded public places in Texas and in Ohio in less than 24 hours have claimed at least 29 lives and left scores injured. Meanwhile, in El Paso, Texas... Our community will not be defined by this senseless evil act of violence. We will be defined by the unity and compassion we showed in the wake of this tragedy. That is El Paso Mayor D. Margo. Police looking into a social media post that indicates the whole thing might be a hate crime. The suspected gunman's in custody. Police say that the 24-year-old man behind the mass shooting in Dayton, Ohio, killed his sister and eight others before he was fatally shot by police. Or do you say Connor Betts was killed by police less than a minute after he started shooting a rifle into the streets of a popular Dayton Entertainment District at around 1 a.m. Sunday? This is SRN News. These are the official rules for all contests on Salem Media Group and Common Ground Broadcasting Radio Stations in the Twin Cities. Collectively, Salem TC. From time to time, Salem TC will conduct contests. No purchase necessary to enter or win. If for any reason a prize is not available, a substitute prize may be offered. Winners will be limited to one prize every 30 days. Winners of a major prize will be limited to one every 365 days. A major prize is any prize with a value of more than $1,000. Participants and winners must be U.S. residents, and winner is responsible for any and all taxes. For a list of full contest rules, see this station's website for details. The Patriot is proud to present an evening with Michelle Malkin on Tuesday, September 24th at the Ames Center in Burnsville. Malkin is a conservative author, blogger, and commentator with millions of followers worldwide. Tickets start at just $12.80 and they're available online at am1280thepatriot.com. Let's take a look at your Twin Cities forecast from the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. High of 87 degrees today, a chance of isolated thunderstorms as well. We got Hour 2 with Brad Carlson Show starting right now. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. Hey, 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with our number two of the broadcast, we'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thank you, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog, bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. And you also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, and as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, folks, as you know, our July Book of the Month, yeah, I know it's technically August, but July Book of the Month, we are still have a copy to give away. It's a book entitled Soaring to Glory, a Tuskegee Airman's First-Hand Account of World War II. It's authored by Philip Handelman, and the book's subject is Lieutenant Colonel Harry T. Stewart, 
Again, that book is available to whomever can call in. Again, 651-289-4488. You be the first caller, you get a copy of this fantastic book. And once again, it is our July Book of the Month. And again, we are honored at this time to be joined by the aforementioned Lieutenant Colonel Harry Stewart. Uh, He flew 43 combat missions during World War II and has since retired from the active duty in the United States Air Force in 1950 for his flying prowess with the famed 332nd Fighter Group, popularly known as the Red Tails. Stewart was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross, and uh, we are honored that he is able to take some time from what I'm sure is a busy schedule to join us on the broadcast. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stewart, an honor to have you on the show today, sir. How are you? Thank you very much, Brad. I'm doing fine. Fantastic. Well, I guess we'll uh, get to a little bit about your account, firsthand account of World War II. Uh, Recently, we celebrated uh, the 75th anniversary of uh, D-Day, so obviously the war has been long past. I guess with so many fascinating anecdotes and incredible stories you have to share, Lieutenant Colonel Stewart, uh, what made you finally decide to uh, break down and share your account through a book? Is this something that you've been thinking about for quite some time? Well, actually, it was Philip Handelman, the author. Uh, uh, he and I uh, had developed a, quite a strong friendship since uh, the late 70s, uh, okay. 1970s. Okay. And he had asked me rather recently, uh, I guess about a year ago, uh, he said, Harry, I'd like to go ahead and write a, uh, a book about you. And uh, I said, why not? I'm too lazy to do it myself. So if you want to do it, fine. So... Uh, I uh, gave him carte blanche in my home here, had him look through all of my records and uh, paraphernalia, and uh, he came up with the uh, book, Soaring to Gory, which I think he did a wonderful job in uh, uh, the writing of that book. Well, fantastic, and we are certainly glad that you two collaborated on this uh, particular project. So I guess let's talk about your early life, sir, uh, just prior to the war, uh, apparently becoming an air, airman and and, and uh, flying in planes. This is something that uh, was a dream of yours, even as a youngster. And you saw and you thought that the military would probably be the quickest way to fulfill that dream. Is that a uh, fair characterization? I think that's a fair characterization, and I, th- I think it goes all the way back to my uh, infancy. Okay, I was born in Newport News, Virginia, and my folks uh, uh, were living near a uh, army air base. Uh, Langley Field, Virginia. Uh, they'd put me out in the crib when I was uh, I was under two years old, and they tell me that uh, when the planes would fly over from the Army Air Base there, that I would crane my head looking at the planes and wow. ooh at them as if I, you know, wanted to fly. Sure. And uh, then uh, uh, after two, the uh, family picked up and moved to uh, Queens in uh, New York City. Uh, the Borough of Queens, uh, about a mile and a half from an airport by the name of North Beach Airport. Today it's better known as uh, LaGuardia Airport. Mm. But as a, teen- as a teenager, I used to walk over to that airport and just watch the planes take off and sort of fantasize about my being at the controls uh, flying the plane itself. So I think, I think that was the early uh, uh, thing that brought me into wanting to fly. So now when you made a decision to join the military, obviously uh, a country very much in peril, uh, freedom, obviously we knew what was at stake, our our very freedom and our very liberty. And so when you finally were of age and able to join uh, the service, 
Uh, was that something that you were rather conflicted by, Lieutenant Colonel Stewart, specifically how segregation was very much still in play in this country back in the early 1940s? I don't have to tell you that. And then yet you are going into the service to fight for the very fr- to protect the very freedoms of this country. Was that sort of conflicting for you to think about you don't have the kind of freedoms that, say, uh, that white people did at that point in time? Was that ever a conflicting thing for you, Lieutenant Colonel? Well, in World War II, uh, what they had was a draft at that time there, and I really had no choice about going into the service okay. at 18 years old. Sure. Yes. They were going to draft me into the service whether I wanted to go or not, and they were going to place me wherever they felt like placing me at the time. Mm. Uh, the only way that I could get the flight training was to go ahead and uh, volunteer uh, uh, for flight training there. Uh, sometime prior to uh, World War II, uh, African Americans were not accepted for training as uh, crew members uh, uh, in the Air Corps at that time there. Okay. Uh, the Air Corps relented uh, just before uh, World War II started, and they decided to admit uh, African Americans to training as uh, air crew members. However, they stipulated that it would have to be done on a segregated basis. So what they did was they built a field down uh, in uh, Alabama, about 45 miles from the capital, from Montgomery, Alabama. I named the field Tuskegee Mm -hmm. uh, for the uh, town that it was uh, near. And also it was about nine miles from a uh, quite a famous uh, university or college by the name of... uh, Tuskegee University, Tuskegee Institute that was uh, built by uh, Booker T. Washington uh, around the turn of the century. Uh, I applied uh, when I found out that the uh, Air Corps would accept me. I I applied through a written examination and a physical that I took, and I was taken into the service soon after I was 18 years old and started training down in uh, Uh, Tuskegee, Alabama. Just prior to that, uh, uh, they took me for my indoctrination into the Army down at uh, Keesler Field, Mississippi, where I just spent one month. And then after Keesler Field, I was sent up to uh, Tuskegee to uh, start my uh, flight training. So uh, obviously you you completed uh, your mission in time in the service. Uh, What was your mindset actually uh, being in combat, because like it, you know, like we alluded to, uh, you're you're fighting on behalf of a country where you and your airmen are are segregated. There was still segregation going on going on in this country. What was the mindset of you and your and your fellow uh, crew members uh, fighting in this in obviously very dangerous war with with freedom of this country at stake? And yet, like I alluded to, you didn't maybe necessarily enjoy some of the some of the freedoms that others did, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stewart. Well, that's true as far as some of the freedoms are concerned. I still considered myself a A1 bona fide citizen of this country. Mm. And it, uh, I was uh, steadfast as far as my uh, belief was concerned that uh, I would go ahead and do my best to establish myself as that uh, A1 citizen. Uh, as far as the war was concerned, is uh, I was brought up uh, in a very patriotic atmosphere in school. We had to place our hands over our hearts every morning and pledge allegiance to the United States of America. Uh, at that time also, there was a lot of uh, 
favorable propaganda that went on as far as uh, uh, doing our duty as far as protecting our country was concerned. And then lastly, uh, when I got overseas in the flying there, uh, it was a question of proving myself because uh, there was a feeling that uh, African-Americans were not quite up to either mentally or physically handling complicated machinery like uh, like fighter planes. So it was uh, my feeling at the time there is that, yeah, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them that I can fly and I can do a good job in flying. And then obviously, once your service to our country was completed, uh, obviously very uh, commendable service. You were uh, cited by the military, obviously, for your service. And then it was time to get back into civilian life, and that was a dream that you still had, Lieutenant Colonel, is to still fly airplanes and perhaps yeah. uh, uh, even uh, move on to being a, a, a pilot for, uh, I believe, one of the major uh, airlines going on. This was maybe the early 1950s. And unfortunately, we were still in a time in this country where segregation, again, still very much in play. And despite the fact that you far exceeded the qualifications of probably anybody that would apply for these positions they were advertising for, um, you still ran square into to, to, uh, to discrimination. That had to be very disheartening for you, Lieutenant Colonel. Well, that's true. Uh, it was the same old, same old uh, uh, when I got out of the service. Uh, when I say same old, same old. Uh, the uh, social atmosphere in the country was the exact same as it was as before I uh, uh, went into the service. I did, as you uh, mentioned there, apply to two airlines for uh, uh, a job as a pilot uh, with the airlines there, and I was rejected uh, in each case. Right. Uh, that rejection, I decided that uh, as time went on, uh, that I would go ahead and seek uh, a backup uh, to my uh, uh, vocation that I was uh, looking for. The backup being that I uh, uh, enrolled in engineering school and got my engineering degree and went up the corporate ladder. Uh, it wasn't many years after that I had gotten my degree that the uh, airlines all relented and decided that they would go ahead and take on uh, employees as, uh, as uh, pilots and, okay. and uh, co-pilots. And uh, uh, I look at it today, and I was thinking of a uh, trip that I was taking uh, oh, maybe a couple of years ago. I think it was down in Hartsfield uh, Field uh, in Atlanta, and uh, I think it was Delta Airlines. Uh, when I entered the aircraft uh, to take a trip there, uh, I looked in the cockpit, and uh, there were two African-Americans in the cockpit there, uh, one co-pilot, the other was a pilot. And uh, what really brought tears to my eyes was that both of them were a female. Wow. So it's it's a dramatic type of uh, a statement there and a dramatic type of thing that I saw compared to uh, what was had uh, before the war, but... Uh, today, I think you'll look at every major airline there and you'll find uh, African-Americans who are in the cockpit uh, flying these crafts, captains and uh, all sorts of ranks that they have. And even the uh, uh, service lines like uh, FedEx and the UPS, you'll find a, a large number of uh, uh, pilots and uh, co-pilots and other crew members on those airlines also. 
Well, Lieutenant Colonel Stewart, I can tell you that uh, we are very grateful for your service uh, to this country, sir, and and uh, the uh, uh, the attitude that you convey despite being discriminated against, the fact that you can take heart that some of those for whom you've paved the way are having that success. And, and uh, I, at least from what it appears to me talking to you, Lieutenant Colonel, you're not harboring any bitterness. And for that, uh, we're grateful and also very grateful that you're uh, receiving the notoriety that you deserve serving this uh, country of ours and uh, uh, all the opportunities that you have to tell your story through this book. So we appreciate you sharing these anecdotes with us today. And And this fantastic book, once again, the book is entitled Soaring to Glory, a Tuskegee Airman's First-Hand Account of World War II, authored by Philip Handelman, and we've been talking to the book's subject, Lieutenant Colonel Harry T. Stewart, Jr. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel, an honor to talk to you again today, sir. Uh, Thank you so much for your time, and uh, have a blessed rest of the weekend. Thank you so much. AM-1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back with another segment on the broadcast. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts BAG11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's BAG11 to 88988. Vein Clinics of America wants to know, when's the last time you felt comfortable in your own skin? Are you kidding me? I haven't worn shorts in years. Every summer, I'm the only guy on the beach wearing long pants. Wearing slacks to hide my compression hose sure doesn't make me feel any younger. Listen, you're not alone. Many men and women are embarrassed about their bulging varicose and spider veins, not to mention the pain and how uncomfortable they make you feel. I would get home from work and my legs were swollen and throbbing. Why deal with this any longer? Let Vein Clinics of America help you discover healthy, better-looking legs. For over 35 years, Vein Clinics of America has been the leading expert in the minimally invasive treatment of vein disease. Imagine wearing a swimsuit or shorts with confidence and getting back to normal activities. It's time to feel comfortable in your own skin again. VCA accepts most major insurance plans. Call now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-606-1010. 800-606-1010. That's 800-606-1010. Your pressure washer needs the right accessories. Those are the tools you use to get your job done. We are proud to offer Minnesota-made products like the Aqua Rocket, Rotating Nozzle, and Hydroflex's line of hydro-excavating tools, including their switchblade and their legendary ripsaw nozzle. All quality and all made in Minnesota. Call us today at 763-521-4442. 
It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. Welcome back, Camp 1280 Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NARN Show. For any comments or questions. And congratulations to Mark from St. Louis Park. He is the winner of the book entitled Soaring to Glory, a Tuskegee Airman's First-Hand Account of World War II, authored by Philip Handelman and the book's subject, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Harry Stewart. Join me in the first segment. Uh, very honored to be joined by the uh, lieutenant colonel. And uh, i uh, very impressed by his just patriotic duty to serve his country. Even though he was drafted, I, I apologize for that mistake. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, of course he was drafted. He didn't. Some volunteered to join World War II, but Lieutenant Colonel Stewart was drafted, but nevertheless served his country with honor and continued to revere this country despite the fact that he didn't enjoy all of the freedoms that uh, some of my ancestors did and uh, because of the discrimination. And not a scintilla of bitterness, and that, above, above all else, what I admire him most for. So appreciate uh, Colonel Stewart, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stewart joining the broadcast. Uh, we do want to at least address the horrific mass shootings that took place yesterday uh, within less than 24 hours of each other. Mass shooting in El Paso, Texas, which claimed the lives of uh, 20 people as of as of right now. And then later on in the evening, Dayton, Ohio, where an initial nine were killed in a mass shooting. The gunman was apprehended, taken alive in El Paso, Texas, whereas the gunman in Dayton, Ohio, was fatally wounded by law enforcement. And joining us to talk about this is our friend of the broadcast, Peter Johnson. He, the co-founder or the founder of Archway Defense. Go to archwaydefense.com to find out about all their terrific work. Uh, Peter, an expert in firearms and crisis management. Uh, Peter, appreciate you, as always, uh, joining us on such uh, short notice. How are you today? Not bad. Thanks for having me. Uh, Peter, I, 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 I texted you yesterday when I first heard about the shooting that was taking place down in uh, El Paso. And I don't know how much you can share about this, if you can share anything at all, but you had indicated that you were talking to some some of the guys on the ground right there in El Paso and what they were dealing with in the aftermath. Um, is there anything specific that you can share with us? I know maybe you were kept under confidentiality, but uh, is there anything that you can convey what you learned from that? Well, yeah, uh, as you know, we travel around the country and Archway Defense uh, trains law enforcement, not just in Minnesota, but in every state. All yep. we do is travel and work with law enforcement. So unfortunately, when events like this happen, uh, there's generally only one degree of separation from a department we've directly worked with. Sure. Um, without violating any of the confidentiality stuff, the the officers on the ground in El Paso were obviously paged out to a, a hectic and uncertain scene where conflicting reports of where the aggressor was coming from or where the shooting was taking place, um, as in with a lot of these convolutes, the response time. But the responders on the ground, from what I gathered, um, moved pretty quickly and uh, addressed the situation as quickly as they could, given the limited information of how the attack initially uh, started. I will say the 
the reports, and unfortunately there's images already out there, the reports are coming back that the, uh, the accuracy of the individual who will go nameless but that conducted the attack, um, it implies or suggests that there was a long premeditation in this planning cycle because of the weapons proficiency that, was, uh, that seems to be displayed during yesterday's attack. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, one of the things that is brought up and, you know, it's unfortunately it is a reality in today's uh, news cycle where everybody has access to a wide platform via social media where they can convey their thoughts and their reactions. And there is never any time to mourn the lost, uh, pray for their loved ones because they demand legislative action like you know, in the immediate aftermath, which isn't practical, but, you know, like I say, that's what happens when people deal with a lot of emotion. Uh, the state of Texas, in specifically, not the most draconian gun laws as as like the state of California might have. So obviously there was some people out there saying, well, look at this, state of Texas, they have these very lax, uh, not very stringent gun laws, and look what happened there. So much for uh, good guys with a gun. How do you respond to that, Peter Johnson? Well, the the killing stopped when uh, multiple good guys with a gun did respond, and the suspect uh, gave himself up at the front entrance of the mall when tack teams were pressing in on him. But also, there's somebody, there's a name that we should remember out of this, and it's uh, we posted on our Twitter defense Facebook. It's Glendon Oakley Jr. He's a U.S. Army PFC who I believe was armed during the attack, and when he heard the shooting, saw kids running towards him. He drew his gun and protected the kids and got kids out of the situation. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the name, and those are the heroes that we should really talk about. The at the end of the day, the time starts from the time evil decides to attack somebody. What we see continually is as soon as more good guys with firearms get on the scene to address that threat, more people are survived, as we just saw in uh, Ohio. Unfortunately, it. Initial reports are coming in that it was less than two minutes from the initial response time to officers putting rounds on target. So uh, we, uh, what about the uh, particular uh, weapon that was used in the El Paso shooting? I mean, obviously, there's always conflicting reports. I mean, when it, whenever it's mainstream media, it's always an assault weapon, uh, which they, in their minds, is a very uh, wide range of weaponry, but they always call it an assault rifle, assault weapon. Have we ascertained the kind of weapon that the El Paso shooter used, and was he even able, legally to able to possess that, uh, Peter Johnson? So the, the legal question is yet to be determined, okay. um, because obviously you're on the border and the black market is significant um, with the cartel movements there. But as far as uh, CCTV cameras um, have indicated that he was armed with a uh, semi-auto, it wasn't a machine gun, so it was one round per trigger press, uh, an AK variant firing 7.62 by 39, which is believed to be what the suspect was using. Okay. Uh, Yeah, and obviously uh, there's, uh, again, this is a kind of a cautionary tale where if we just let the information play out, because a lot of times in these shootings is we find out usually a few days later, once all the research and the investigation is completed, that, okay, this is a kind of weapon that isn't even legal to own, and yet somehow this person was able to possess this kind of weapon, which kind of further accentuates our point of view that if if someone who is intent on killing 
a mass of people and is willing to trade his life or her life for several others, there really isn't any policy or legislation that's going to change that. But nevertheless, when the character of gun rights people are impugned, uh, the the uh, like I say, the denigration of these uh, of us is already out there for weeks, and it really doesn't even matter when the facts come out. That's exactly it. I mean, and we've talked on your show at length about the Paris Paris One and Paris Two attacks, where they have the most draconian gun laws on the planet. And the Paris One and Paris Two attackers not only had fully automatic machine guns, which means one trigger depression, the weapon continues to fire until you release the trigger or you're empty. They also had hand grenades and plastic explosives. All of those are completely illegal. So when you try to push for uh, more draconian gun laws, like Chicago and L.A. and everywhere else, all you're really doing is limiting the law-abiding citizen's ability, like this specialist, uh, Oakley Jr., who drew a lawfully owned firearm and used it to defend kids when evil was presented. Right. Yeah, and and I think that's that, that's obviously an important point, and it's one, and it's a point you bring up every single time we talk about this. Peter is uh, professional violence. If at all their spree is interrupted, where they know they're going to be in a place where there probably isn't going to be a lot of people carrying. I know this is Texas. I know the gun laws aren't as draconian, but let's be honest. Uh, in a place like in a place like a mall, there isn't going to be a plethora of uh, people carrying, and because the gunman knows that going in, is able to carry off as many as much killing as he can, and then when interrupted. Like you use the term professional violence, uh, it, it ceases, and there's it's undeniable that countless lives were saved. I mean, we mourn and our heart breaks for those that were lost, but think how many more could have been lost were it not for the action of uh, a good guy with a gun. And that's the the biggest takeaway is ultimately, as horrific as these attacks are, evil does exist in the world. And I know we've talked on your show, even I believe the. The uh, attack, the arson attack that killed 33 in Japan, I believe, last yes. week or the week before, where an individual came in with firebombs mm-hmm. and killed 33 people in a uh, graphic art studio or a motion animation studio. So the the limits of evil um, are left to the imagination of the person who's willing to go attack and kill as many innocent people as they can. Ultimately, it's our individual responsibility to take charge of our personal protection. Right. Like this Oakley Jr. Army specialist who drew his own gun to protect innocent lives, these little kids at a mall who, like everyone else, didn't deserve to be put in this position. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember the uh, incident. I remember hearing about that story about the, the fire that was started in uh, 33 people, I believe, killed. Didn't quite fit certain narratives, so that story kind of uh, went away after a certain news cycle or two. So that's an excellent point. Uh, Peter, always appreciate your time. Thanks so much, my friend. And uh, we'll be uh, calling in again soon. And uh, have a great rest of the weekend. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. AM 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back in a moment. Guys, waking up over and over to urinate is not okay. But now you can reduce those nighttime bathroom trips with the ingredients in Super Beta Prostate P3 Advanced. We're talking about less urges to urinate at night, less bathroom trips during the day, and better bladder emptying. It's like taking three prostate supplements in one. You can try a full 30-day bottle of P3 Advanced, free. Just pay shipping and handling. No strings attached, no obligations, and no commitments to buy. This is a 30-day supply, absolutely free. 
Call 1-800-458-7294. Superbeta Prostate is the best-selling brand in major retailers like Walmart. But for this no-strings-attached free bottle, you must call now. Call 1-800-458-7294. Don't miss out on this unprecedented free offer. 1-800-458-7294. 1-800-458-7294. I'm Jan Markill, helping you understand the times. This public library here in Virginia Beach, Virginia, recently hosted an event called Drag Queen Story Hour, and we witnessed parents taking their children as young as two inside to take part. It was a tense and chaotic scene at the public library in Spokane for Drag Queen Story Hour. Irate mothers lined the street leading to the library holding signs and shouting slogans. Inside, children danced and sang songs with a team of drag queens. Adult men in grotesque makeup, skimpy dresses, and and wigs gyrated and sang. The people of God showed up too, close to 200 of them, but they were outnumbered by at least two to one by citizens who supported the drag queens. We are heading pell-mell into the predicted days of Noah and Lot foretold by Jesus. For more information, listen to our weekend program on this station or anytime at olivetreeviews.org. Grab a cup of coffee and help Gallagher's Army at Lucky Station. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. You know Gallagher's Army provides financial assistance to the families of fallen officers when they need it most, as soon as a tragedy occurs. When you buy a cup of coffee at any Lucky's Station convenience store, they're going to make a donation to Gallagher's Army, the Fallen Officer Fund. There's a Lucky's Station store in every corner of the metro. Find them online at luckysstations.com. That's Lucky's with an S, stations with an S, dot com. Cups for cups from Lucky's Stations. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. To do you right, we take time for a barbecue flavor that will blow your mind. Get that Rack Shack attack, oh Rack Shack barbecue. Make fresh daily cater to you. Homemade sauces, secret rubs too. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast related to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carls. Thanks for tuning in. I'm leaving. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag Narn Show hashtag NARN Show for any comments or questions. Always appreciate our friend Peter Johnson joining us again. It's never under the best of circumstances because this is his. Uh, vocation, his career, helping law enforcement with quick response time. And so he knows a lot of these uh, first responders on the ground, uh, particularly in these uh, responses to mass shootings. And I'll just say this, and uh, what we saw in those two mass shootings were uh, between Dayton, Ohio, and El Paso, Texas, where 29 were killed. I believe that's about a weekend's worth in, in Chicago, um, if, I ha- if, the, if my estimates are correct. Uh, yet that doesn't get nearly as much play, and that takes place every weekend. It's because, I shouldn't say this, but I'll say it anyways, uh, the progressive media is run by a lot of lily-white elites, and their kids don't look like the victims of shootings in Chicago. I'll just leave it at that, and prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. 
<clears throat> Anyways, hey, what a segue. We're moving into uh, something different oh, wow. now, uh, talking about uh, cybersecurity with our friend Greg Scott. Uh, I'm sorry, D. Greg Scott. <laughs> Check out his fantastic website, dgregscott.com. That's D is in Daniel, dgregscott.com. Of course, uh, you heard about the massive data breach that took place for uh, owners of a Capital One card. Uh, the Of course, there's, you know, Dave Ramsey, who's heard on these uh, on our sister station, AM 1440. <laughs> From 5 to 8 p.m. weekdays, his show is replayed on our, uh, again, AM 1440. Uh, he said that, uh, you know, the Capital One slogan is, uh, what's in your wallet? <laughs> and he said, now they're coming up with a new slogan. And the new slogan is, what's in your wallet? Oh, wait, we already know. Ba-dum-bum. Hey, Ba-dum-bum. Greg Scott, what a, what a way <laughs> to transition into a talk about cybersecurity. Oh, we, don't want to take it, we don't want to take it lightly because, unfortunately, there were some victims of this data breach, what was it? A hundred million? Um... It's unclear. It's unclear. Hundred. The news news reports show a hundred million people exposed, but then go deeper into the stories, and uh, this lady only downloaded a few hundred thousand accounts. I don't think. I don't think we know the extent of the damage yet. Now we talked a little bit about this. Uh, we, Greg and I, kind of communicate a little bit uh, via email, social media, what have you. And uh, there was a, I believe, it was a woman out of Seattle who was uh, has a background in uh... page. Tom, Paige, I forgot her last name. Paige Thompson. Okay. I, forgot her, I think. I forgot her last name already. She did. She worked for eight. Capital One hosts all their stuff inside Amazon Web Services. It's a bragging thing for them. We moved everything to the cloud. Now we're more secure. <laughs> okay. I'll, I, that's just, that's too easy of a line. It's not, it's not that cut and dried. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, this Paige Thompson <clears throat> apparently, you know, pulled off this, which it, you know, it takes some brain power to pull it off does. something like this, some awareness of how this works, and it's not something that's done overnight. So this is a very prolific uh, undertaking to to uh, don't make expo- don't give her superpowers. But uh, then, w- as smart as she was on that end, you made the point. It's she, equally dumb to brag about it and on uh, on chat rooms, social uh, chat betcha. thread, social media sites, wherever else. Yep, Greg Scott. Yep. 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 If you're if you're going to steal a whole lot of stuff, don't you, that, don't yeah. wanna, you don't want to brag about it. That's just that. And that, be, but because she bragged about it, we know a whole lot more about this attack than we know a lot about a lot of the others. So we know, we know that she found a misconfiguration with this web application firewall that, that, that Capital One had set up. What's a web application firewall? It's a, it's, it's a piece of software that you put in front of your web server. It validates the stream of requests coming in and decides whether the streamers, streams are good or not. Okay. She figured out a way to use that web application firewall as a weapon instead of as a defender. It's called, it's called a server-side request forgery. If I'm an attacker, I convince some server out there on the Internet to do my bidding instead of the bidding of its real masters, and that's what, that's what this lady did. The details are still unclear, and I would love it. I would dearly love it if if we would if we, if we would publish all those details. Here's here was the misconfiguration. Here's how she attacked it. Here's here's the damage, and here's what we're doing to mitigate it. Wouldn't that be nice if we published all those details? Then the good guys could 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 fix all their systems that might be misconfigured in other places. But I doubt we'll see that. So one of the issues that, uh, and you know, you you also alluded to, kind of, uh, we were going over a little bit of talking points before the broadcast. Um, you know, anytime something like this happens, you know, anytime a big uh, news story takes place, you know, we talked about mass shootings the last segment. Everybody's calling for government intervention. Same with the data yeah. breach. You know, government intervention. They're not, the government's not taking these data <laughs> breaches seriously. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily in this case. You talked about uh, government and and encryption. Kind of a deterrent at this point, Greg Scott. Well, okay. Well, 
couple uh, you br- a couple issues. You bring up a couple issues. First, should the government play a role with these with these data breaches? My answer Obviously, is, you prosecute the person who took it, of course. Of course. That's what i The person committed a crime. Yes. Should the government set standards for how this stuff should all work? I'm not a fan. Government, as you know, I'm on a conservative t- station here. Government, as you know, doesn't keep up with technology, does not what? keep up with the times. <laughs> Alert the media, Greg Scott. <laughs> Can you yes, believe it? Yes. Government, and, 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 that, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this to criticize the government. We do need government. I'm not an anarchist. But government... By its very design, moves slow. At least representative government, by its very design, moves slowly, and that's a good thing. It should move slowly. It should not just turn on a dime. Business can turn on a dime. Sure. So the regulatory body for this stuff should be knowledgeable people in the industry to set standards using feedback from all the appropriate parties. It should not be a government thing. It should be a standards body thing that everybody agrees to follow and everybody has input into. That I could get behind enthusiastically and support. And in fact, we could call that a cultural change. That leads into my pounding the table, adopt open uh, philosophy. If, if we were to adopt open and if we were to make the details of these breaches public, then we would reduce the number of breaches. It just stands to reason, doesn't sure, it? Sure, sure. You know, it, go, it goes all the way back to 1854 in Alfred Charles Hobbes. This is this this debate is more than 160 years old. Hobbes wrote a book about how mechanical locks work, and he and he published all the details. Nobody knew up until that time, and he caught a whole bunch of grief in his uh-huh. day in yeah. 21st century language that they they spoke more formally then. And I have the direct quote on my website. But in today's language, people said, "Charlie, what are you doing? You're giving away the store here. You're telling all the bad guys how to how to invade." Right, us. right. And his response was, "You guys are dorks." The bad guys already know how to invade us. Right. The bad guys know this stuff already. When I publish it in the book, I tell the good guys how it works. I level the playing field. Yeah, that's an excellent point. The same exact argument holds today. The mm-hmm. technology is different, but the reasoning is identical. So we need to adopt open right now. We need to adopt open, and businesses and and small, medium, large, and everybody and government should publicize what they do for security. Not and and. Present it at conferences, publish it in newspaper articles, bring it out in the trade press, make it all public, and endure the embarrassment when people find holes. Because it would be way better to... I imagine if I was a Capital One executive right now, I would rather endure the embarrassment of somebody finding that misconfiguration than endure the 200 and some million dollars they think it's going to cost them to mitigate this mess. And, so, that's, that's, and that's a small scale. Equifax, two-point-something billion dollars is the, is the fine levied. Mm-hmm. So, you know, endure the embarrassment. It's cheaper than the than the other cost. Yeah, there's no question about it. And speaking of the cost, uh, uh, some of the you know, obviously everybody's familiar with the Capital One commercials. You know, what's in your wallet? And they uh, <laughs> uh, talk about the credit card. Well, a lot. You know, obviously credit card numbers were stolen. What other kind of uh, data gets compromised when they get access to this personal information? I bet pretty much carte blanche, right? Greg pretty Scott? much. Social yeah. security numbers are a, are a biggie. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So, okay, you get, you just, you're just pushing my hot buttons. You know what they are. You're just pushing. <laughs> I love it. That's why I have you on, Greg Scott. <laughs> Um, I just put a quarter in and I can go get some more water. Yeah, there so, you go. Okay, yes. <laughs> Social security numbers. We we're, when we're two years old, the government. I think it's when we're born. Now the yeah. government gives us a social security number before we're even old enough to know what any of that is. Yep. And then we grow up, and here's your card. 
Keep it secret. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, don't keep it in your wallet for goodness yeah, sakes. Because <laughs> what's in your wallet? Yeah, yeah. And so we're supposed to keep this a secret unless you want to buy a car or mm-hmm. unless you want to buy a house or unless you want to get a job or unless you want to get credit for anything right. or unless you want to apply for anything. But really, it's a secret. So with that kind of hypocrisy, is it any wonder that all of our social security numbers are up for sale in, some under, in bunches of underground websites all over the place? So- People stole Social Security numbers in this Capital One data breach. It's not that big a deal. They've already been stolen. Right. What we need to do is, is come up with a system where, well, first, we need to eliminate the fiction. That's fiction, just fiction. I'll just keep, I was going to say capital F, but I just won't say that. We, we need to eliminate the fiction that Social Security numbers are secret because they're not. They never were, and they're, and they're even worse today. And then we need to set up a system that makes Social Security numbers less important so that when people steal Social Security numbers, no big deal because they're public anyway. And I, I have a proposal to do just that and to reform the whole credit reporting system, and it's, I'll do a plug, it's on my website. Just go, it's, it's right there on my website. You can, you can read the record, you can watch the recorded presentation and give me feedback and write your congressperson. Once again, we are joined by D. Greg Scott, a cybersecurity expert. Uh, he's been kind enough to join us. seems like we have one of these high-profile breaches every month or two, Greg, so that's why we uh, have you in to uh, oh, kind of break it down for us. Wh- and What a segue. Us, yeah, tell what? us what's going on. So. Um, I was Just before I came here, I, I was looking at the um, well, a couple things. I, I, an anecdotal story. I, I'm trying to set up in speaking engagements at, at conferences, and I found a group, and I, and I – Pitched and I pitched to them, and I put this in a Facebook group for for their feedback. <laughs> and their feedback was, "Greg, you're alarmist, condescending, and you're a fearmonger." <laughs> I don't. Wow. Think, yeah, okay. I don't, well, I'm, I'm not going to go talk in front of that group. I don't think. So I I thought I'd validate that claim. There's a there's a website a website called itgovernance.uk, like British UK. Sure. And I and I follow that website. They keep track of data breaches and how many records were compromised every month. They have they have this plotted out. In July, we lost 2.3 billion. That's billion with a B. Mm. 2.3 wow. billion records. Um, now, of that 2.3 billion, two billion were from from one attack in China. Okay. So that's only 300 million. Not a big deal. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. The the average per month is in the hundreds of millions. There were 87 cyber cyber attacks in the month of July that were that made that made the news somewhere. Okay. There's 31 days in July, 87 cyber attacks. My Minnesota math says that comes out to somewhere around 2.8 per day. Mm, okay. These are cyber attacks that are big enough to be noteworthy. That and there's lots of other smaller ones that we never hear about. So I don't think I'm so alarmist, and I don't think I'm a fearmonger. I think I'm telling the truth. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes a, uh, you have to be scared straight, kind of uh, say, hey, this is something that's coming. If you're not aware of that it's coming, you better be aware of it. And if it does happen, this is kind of the recourse you have. And that's, yeah, I don't, I don't take that as fear-mongering at all, but uh, I, I don't want to wish that on the individuals who maybe <laughs> accused you of that. But uh, well, Thank you. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that I'd want to uh, maybe uh, see their, be employed by their IT department, see their IT department, we'll find <laughs> out. Don't wish them any ill will, of course. Uh, joined by D. Greg Scott. Again, check out his fantastic website, dgregscott.com, talking uh, all things cybersecurity. We'll have one final short segment coming up right here on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Here's why. 
Dish has the nation's lowest TV price, along with an award-winning DVR that can skip commercials, record eight shows at once, and get access to thousands of movies at your fingertips. Cable simply can't even compare. So the smart choice is to cut the cable and get Dish. Plus, you get all these great TV features, free HD DVR upgrade, free installation, and free movie channels. Say goodbye to cable and get more with Dish TV. 800-293-0328. 800-293-0328. As an added bonus, you can switch to Dish now and receive a $50 Visa gift card. So call now and get Dish TV. Call 800-293-0328, 800-293-0328, that's 800-293-0328. Limited time offer, 24-month commitment and credit qualification required. Cancellation fee, monthly equipment fees, and other restrictions apply. Promotion can change at any time. Maybe you'd like to know what exactly Relief Factor is. It was created by doctors. It's a 100% drug-free supplement with four key ingredients that simply help your own body deal with the natural inflammatory response that it has. It's easy to swallow, four little capsules in each packet, like the packet that I carry with me at all times. Three packets a day for a week, then two packets a day for two weeks, and I have just described the three-week quick start. And you will know in three weeks, that's the beauty of it. Whether it works, they don't drag you on. That costs just $19.95. There's a very good chance that a very serious percentage of my listeners suffer from some sort of muscular or joint pain. You should try this for $19.95. That's all you can lose. If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments. And it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. Relieffactor.com. We're surrounded by noise. Bombarded by information. Messages struggling to get attention. So many choices and ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out. Today's technology can do that. But you need the resources and know-how to make it all work. You need Salem Surround. With all the digital marketing tools available and necessary to compete in today's business world, you need to know how to use all the options efficiently. Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. We know digital marketing and how to deliver customers so you can run your business. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. For no limitations on how and where you can reach customers, there's Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Welcome back, AM1280 Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Always an honor to be joined by our friend D. Greg Scott. Check out his website, dgregscott.com. D is in Daniel, dgregscott.com. And by the way, Greg is the one behind the magic whenever we broadcast on a frozen lake in early February, Mitch and I. Uh, you wonder how we can keep the program on the air? Well, Greg is a key component behind that. It's uh, it's ingenious, really. If you if you think if you think uh, all I can think of is is the Family Guy parody of Empire Strikes Back, you know, where the uh, where the R2D2 the robot says, "Yeah, they got the wires in that ice. I'm sure that's pretty safe." So, I don't know if that's what it entails, but uh, there you go. Greg pulls it off. We, we you know, it's the, it's the coolest 
event in North America. It is. It is a lot of fun. And uh, first Saturday in February in Medicine Lake, it's going to be. I already know some of the things that are on tap, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. It's going to be. It's going to be a fun broadcast all around and a fun festivities. The whole. The whole thing. The Fishing Rudy. for Life uh, uh, annual uh, get together called uh, Holes for Heroes, a big ice fishing tournament benefiting active duty military. It's a fantastic cause, no doubt about it. Well, we only have a few minutes left. We do want to uh, continue our discussion with. Uh, D. Greg Scott, cybersecurity expert. Uh, Greg, you're not a fan of the. Uh, you talk about uh, uh, government in a uh, limited government. Uh, you're not an anarchist. You're not saying no government, but limited, limited government in a lot of things. One of the things specifically you think government should be limited involvement in is encryption. Do tell, Greg Scott. Yes, government. Government has okay. Government has no business regulating encryption. Period. Period. There's that's not. It's not. Not it, a lot of wiggle room there, Greg not, Scott. There's no, no wiggle room. It's not a. It's a black and white thing. Here's the arguments. If you're the arguments for in, in favor of encryption, bad guys use encryption to do really, really, really bad stuff. Sure. Kidnappings, murders, rapes, child molesting, any any terrible, horrible, awful human behavior you can think of. Bad guys communicate with each other and they encrypt the communications. Sure. Law enforcement wants the ability to responsibly, and I'm going to put quotes around responsibly, but law enforcement wants the ability to responsibly decrypt those messages so they can catch bad guys. Sure. Now, if I were a victim of one of those bad guys, I would probably be pounding the table for law enforcement to, to get that ability because I want the bad guy who harmed me to get it to get harmed him. I to I want justice against sure. the bad guy who harmed me. Makes I was sense. gonna say something else more colorful, but makes I'll, sense. I'll, no, like, I got you. <laughs> okay. But when I put on my objective policy hat, the government government restricting or regulating encryption is a slippery slope to really, really bad places, and it's not just tyranny. Steve, Steve Cook, Steve, Tim Cook, Tim Cook, who's the CEO of Apple, made a great argument. Or as President that, Trump called him, Tim Apple. Yeah, Tim Apple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Segway. Uh, sorry about that. I digress, Greg yeah, Scott. Okay. Uh, I, I can, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tim Cook. Okay, in 2016, when we had the big controversy over the over the murders in in San Bernardino, yes, Tim Cook made the argument that allowing government to to do this to do to regulate encryption and allowing government to force Apple to decrypt that phone is a slippery slope to tyranny. Mm. And he was right; it was mm-hmm. a good argument. It was proper. I'm glad he made it. And it, it's still, as far as I know, that argument is still on Apple's website. It was an open letter. Okay. And the government resolved that, by the way. They resolved it in a good way. They found a third-party company to go through and, and get inside that phone. That tactical thing was resolved. But the bigger, the bigger issue keeps coming up. And Rod Rosenstein made the argument for, let's come up with a way to do responsible regulation of encryption. Okay, that's the arguments in favor. The arguments con. There's two things you can do for encryption. And I'm going to, the, the prime minister of Australia just made an idiotic comment when he said, math doesn't rule in my country. It's not, he's just, that was just a stupid thing to say. Okay, if you, if you, there's two things you can do for encryption. You can either share the keys or you can weaken the algorithms. Both of those things have all kinds of paths for abuse. You want one little teeny tiny example. Right here in the state of Minnesota, hun- hundreds of law enforcement officials got in big trouble for looking at for looking at driver's license and other records of females in the system. Yes, that's right. And that's, 
That was rinky-dink, and it was embarrassing, and it was stupid, and it was abuse, and they should have gotten in trouble. Yep. Imagine what would happen if some government agency somewhere has this massive bureaucracy mm. of all the encryption keys for everything everywhere. Imagine right. the possibilities for abuse. Yep. I, I don't like to think about it. Now, the other thing is, imagine the possibilities for abuse if, <clears throat> if industry and government and the U.S. government get together and weaken the algorithms. Do you think for two seconds that bad guys out there won't figure that out? There's some really, really, really smart bad guys out there on this planet. They'll find that out in about in a heartbeat, and they'll figure out ways around it, and we'll be totally messed up. We'll be totally uh, bad, in bad shape. Now, the other problem is, when you do these things, it's not going to work anyway. It's not going to solve the problem. Right. If you're a bad guy... You'll go offshore, and you'll spend $5 for a cell phone app that does end-to-end encryption, and you'll communicate in an encrypted form with the other bad guys anyway, and nobody will be able to do anything about it. You're already a bad guy. What are they going to do, put you in jail for being a bad guy? They so have to catch so you bad first. guys don't follow laws, Greg Scott? Let me Can you the, believe let, that? Let me write this down yeah. here. Bad guys don't follow laws. Okay, <laughs> yeah, got yeah, it, got yeah, it. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. There's no such thing as responsible regulation. It doesn't happen. Also... Good guys use encryption. If if in our country we tend to believe we we gripe about the government, but overall we think our government is is for the most part clean. For the most part, we all know about the corruption scandals and stuff. Of but course, for the yeah. most part, we're clean. But the, uh, in Russia, China, North Korea, some of the other b- bad countries in the world, mm-hmm. imagine what would happen if we we in the U.S. regulate encryption. We just gave those other countries a huge advantage over us. Yes. That's it's that's not the right approach. It's not it's not the right approach. I heard one proposal that suggested using private industry for key escrows and and setting up a culture whereby if you're an encryptor, you make a deal with one of these key with proposed key escrow companies and if you do so, that's a sign of legitimacy. That proposal has merit. However, it's a proposal that doesn't use the government as a big brother organization. It uses private industry and reputation. I would study that proposal more and, and decide whether to get behind it or not. Once again, we've been joined by D. Greg Scott, talking all things uh, cybersecurity, uh, the high-profile fro- breach at uh, Capital One. Uh, I'm sure there'll be, uh, hopefully not, but if there are other breaches between now and the first Saturday in February, Greg, I'll see you before the first Saturday in February. You can come on the oh, broadcast. Oh, for sure. And let's talk about let's talk about virus bomb too. Just go buy buy virus bomb and read it on a Friday because you don't want to read it on a Monday because you'll be up all night reading and then you'll be all hung over or jet lagged for work. Godspeed, my friends. Have a blessed week. <laughs> One size fits all. It's the biggest lie in the world. Not true for clothes. Not true for closets. But most so-called custom closet companies actually use prefab sizes. They just sort of fit all spaces. Closet and Storage Concepts custom builds your design in their shop, so it fits like a tailored suit. You can choose from a huge selection of materials and finishes to reflect your personal style. And because they custom build, they can also outfit your garage, mudroom, craft space, or any other space. Visit ClosetAndStorageConcepts.com. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Minnesota's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. 
If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports. A winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. This is Lon He Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. 20 of the Democrats vying to be our next president finished two nights of debates where it became very clear that the energy of the party was behind policies that would push America to the far left, making the Democrats of the past look like conservatives. Several leading Democrats, including Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders, endorsed single-payer health care plans that would kick over 160 million Americans off the private health coverage they currently have and enjoy. Still others, like Julian Castro and Cory Booker, called for decriminalizing the act of crossing the U.S. border without authorization. And Warren led the charge for a multi-trillion dollar plan to forgive student debt. Meanwhile, President Trump is gleefully waiting, essentially unopposed, to run against one of these Democrats next year. He'll make the election a contest between socialism and capitalism. And I have a pretty good idea of which side of that argument will emerge victorious. I'm Lon He Chen. Sponsored by ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. Some of your favorite pastors and authors like Charles Stanley, John Piper, and Max Lucado are bringing you their most popular devotionals for free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend time in God's Word daily. Sign up for daily devotionals from Crosswalk.com and get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your inbox. With devotionals for parenting, singles, women, workplace, and more, Crosswalk.com offers spiritual growth for every stage of life. Visit Crosswalk.com. AM 1280, The Patriot is... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.